to throw your hand in the air and begin to declare mountain you've got to move mountain you've got to move mountain you've got to move
shout yeah somebody ought to shout tonight with a voice of triumph come on open your mouth and declare the glory of the Lord of it hallelujah hallelujah high five your neighbor tell him neighbor tell him neighbor them God's got it all worked out if you believe it clap your hand one more time in this sanctuary come on praise him Woo! welcome to Sunday night live at the rock church You need to inform somebody standing next to you. Uh, tell them ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because a Holy Ghost party uh, just won't stop. We came to party tonight. Uh, we came to celebrate tonight. Uh, we came to rejoice tonight. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory! Somebody said, all you guys do is shout. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. To rejoice means to get happy again that means if he doesn't do anything else he's already been so good I can praise him for the rest of my life when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me my soul Christ hallelujah Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Somebody rejoice! Somebody rejoice! Hey! And if you're going to have a Holy Ghost party, at least three things you need. Tell your neighbor three things you need to have a good party. Number one, you need something to drink. And when you're at a Holy Ghost party, you don't need Jack Daniels. You don't need Grey Goose. You don't need Royal Purple. You don't need Mad Dog 2020. You don't need OE. You don't need A Ball. When you have a Holy Ghost party, you got that new wine. And there ain't nothing like the new wine to have a party.
and it's on tap in the building tonight uh, and it's free rounds uh, for everybody you need for a good party is good music we got some good party music in the building one two one two three go with you my God when you come to church you gotta make sure you're next to the right person turn around and give them a hallelujah check tell your neighbor hallelujah if they looked at you like you were crazy just grab your Bible and find somebody else to stand next to tell your neighbor hallelujah if they shouted hallelujah back at you give them a high five tell them let's have church yeah is this some of y'all before you came to church you'd just be getting warmed up on a Friday night don't act like those are angels wings on the back of your shoulder blades you'd be getting all juiced up and getting yourself loose and if you were at the club partying you'd be turning out tonight Come on, God knows some of y'all. Some of y'all be out on that dance floor. Some of y'all be out there doing the moves, but now you got the Holy Ghost and you turn your party off. Baby, when I started living for God, I didn't stop partying. I just changed who I was partying with. Somebody ought to turn loose and give God your best praise in this place.
shout one more time. Hallelujah. 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 drink as good as what we feel in the building right now. Ain't no drug good enough to replace what we feel in the building right now. Come on, clap your hands one more time and give him the glory tonight. Anybody thankful to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday night? Help me put your hands together and welcome uh, all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord tonight. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Uh, help me make some noise for all of our guests that are here tonight. Woo! Welcome to Sunday Night Live at the Rock Church. We're excited to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. We are more excited about our God then the world is about their God tonight. Amen, somebody. How many of you thank God for what he did in this house this morning? Come on, let's give God a praise for what he did in the building this morning. Amen. There was an incredible crowd here this morning. Powerful move of the Holy Ghost. And when God finished this morning, destiny was baptized in Jesus' name uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on, we ought to give God praise for that tonight. Then Jordan was baptized in Jesus' name uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on, some of y'all ain't even rejoicing tonight. Uh, there's nothing greater to rejoice about uh, than when one sinner comes to repentance. And then Judy was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. Come on, one more time. Let's thank God and give him some praise. Amen. And I, I forgot to announce it this morning and I want to make sure I do it tonight. But we want to say a great big congratulations on Thursday, Daniel Josiah Taralba was born to Sister Raymari and Brother Preston. Uh, come on, let's give God a praise tonight for bringing another little angel into the world. We're so excited for them, and uh, we can't wait for him to come to his first church service. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in this place is it all right tonight if I just speak to you from my heart? Can I just follow the Holy Ghost and speak from my heart? I didn't come with a homiletic masterpiece. I didn't come with a sermon. I just have a word from God. Is that all right tonight? Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing in 2023 in the Rock Church, and I feel like I've got a word from God for us tonight. Go with me to the book of John. Amen. The book of John chapter 4 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me tonight. Amen. Two verses of scripture here, and then we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 9. 
John chapter 5 and verse 35 says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Somebody say together. The book of Matthew chapter 9. Two more verses of scripture here. Verse 37 says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He said there's a labor shortage. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And for a few moments tonight, I simply want to talk to us from this subject. Help wanted. Help wanted. Would you put your Bibles down and one more time, clap your hands and give God a great big praise in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated tonight. There are three things that I want to bring to your attention in our text. The book of John chapter 4. Jesus has just finished with his interaction concerning the woman at the well in Samaria. She has just ran to her hometown and told everybody she could about this man Jesus who told her all about her life. And the Bible says that when she took her testimony to them, that the entire city, Brother Leo, came to see Jesus. And it is here during this moment that there is an interaction between Jesus and his disciples. His disciples come to him understanding and recognizing that he had not yet eaten. And they tell him, Lord, why don't you eat some meat? And he responds to them and says, I have meat that ye know not of. In another place, he said, it is meat for me to do the will of my father. 
Jesus said, I'm going to tell you what sustains me. It's doing the work of God in my life. It sustains me more than natural food. It sustains me more than everything else is doing the work and the will of my Father. And so, his disciples are obviously out of context with what is happening. They are to some degree oblivious to the situation at hand. While they are concerned about what they're going to eat for dinner, Jesus is concerned about the souls that are there ready for them to reach. While they're concerned just about their own well-being, they are missing the opportunity of the moment that they're in. And so Jesus addresses them. And the first thing he says is, Say ye not for months, and then the harvest. He was dealing with a spirit of procrastination. One of these days, we're going to have revival. One of these days, we're going to see it happen. One of these days, I'm really going to get involved in the kingdom of God. One of these days, I'm really going to do something for the kingdom of God. And Jesus berates them and said, I'm tired of you telling me what you're going to do. Quit saying four months and then comes the harvest. Can I preach to us, Rock Church? Some of us have to get out of the mindset of one of these days. It's time for some of us to be shaken from the complacency that one of these days we're going to do something for God. One of these days I'm really going to make no. I came to declare to you that the time is now. That the place is here. And that God has a sense of urgency to his people I want to challenge some of us tonight what are you waiting for what are you waiting for because there is no response you could have given to Jesus as an excuse for not working in the harvest. Come on, Brother Leal, I need you to have my back tonight. If it's just me and you tonight, we about to have some church up in this place. There is no excuse that you could give God as to why you are not involved in reaching the lost, why you are not involved in the harvest, why you are not involved in reaching your world. Oh, I'm coming for some of y'all tonight. Quit saying four months and then the harvest. The second thing he addresses, he says, lift up your eyes. 
and look on the field. You know what that tells me? They were so busy with themselves that they failed to be focused on what they should have been focused on. Come on. There's a word from God to some of us tonight. Lift up your eyes. Quit being distracted. Quit being distracted by everything else that's in front of you. And lift up your eyes and look unto the field. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. 2023, it's time for you to reduce me and focus on him. It's time for you to get your eyes off of you and get your eyes on the kingdom of God. He said, I need to get your attention of all the stuff you're preoccupied with. I need to get your attention. That is the cause, the root cause of many of our challenges and problems in our walk with God is we become introverted in our lives. Everything becomes about us and my situation and my life and my circumstance and my job and my this and what about me and what about I tell you what we need a good old fashioned baptism around here of the crucifying of the flesh we need a good old fashioned altar meeting where some of us come to an altar and one more time we let ourselves be crucified on an altar and get a fresh revelation that the kingdom of God is not about me. It's about reaching our world. I don't know what they went to get to eat. Maybe they went to McDonald's. But Jesus said, you're so caught up and all this other stuff that you don't even see the potential and the opportunity that's in front of you. You're about to miss it. Lift up your eyes and get your eyes on the field. Get your eyes off of your brother and get them on the field. I'm going to dig something up in the building tonight. Get your eyes off of your sister and get them back on the field. Get your eyes off of trouble and drama and get them on the field. I tell you what, we almost gave the theme for this year. Drama free in 2023. God said, I want you to unplug yourself from the nonsense and get your focus back on what's important. Get your focus back on what matters. Get your focus back on the harvest and the kingdom of God. The third thing he deals with in the text is their inability to recognize what season it was. Look 
unto the fields. Can't you see that they're white already to harvest? You study it out. When they, when they said the field is white, it meant that it was past the time of harvest. It meant that the harvest was in such a condition that if they didn't hurry and get it out of the field, they would lose the crop. In other words, Jesus was saying, uh, you've been so distracted uh, that you're about to miss uh, the harvest uh, that I intended for you to be a part of. Uh, come on, I'm preaching to us tonight. Uh, it's time for us to recognize uh, what time uh, that it is. Uh, it's time for harvest. Uh, it's time for revival. Uh, it's time to get focused uh, back uh, on the kingdom uh, of God. I ain't got, that's why I ain't got time for distractions. I don't have time for little side challenges. I don't have time to go down dead end roads. I ain't got time for that. Why? Because the field is white unto harvest. Field is white. God said, I need you to become field conscious. <laughs> Many years ago, I was, I was traveling across the United States. I was on my way to preach somewhere. And wherever I was driving, all I remember is that we had to go through the beautiful, picturesque, gorgeous state of Kansas. If you ain't ever been to Kansas, you know I'm being facetious. Hey, if you think Kansas is beautiful, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. My point is, if you ever go through Kansas, it's miles and miles and miles of nothing but fields. And it was early in the morning. Brother Leal, I don't remember if it was 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. We were trying to drive to get where we were going. And at that time of night on that particular highway, there was nobody on the road for, forever and ever and ever. Brother Albadacene, you know what I'm talking about. It was us and two lanes and fields on the left and right. An hour later... Sometimes you didn't even have to turn your steering wheel for an hour and a half. Just straight like. And, and, and we were driving. Well, I was driving. First lady was sleeping. And, and sometimes I like to mess with her when she's sleeping and I'm driving. And I'll tap my brakes and scream real loud while she's in a dead sleep. Don't try it. <laughs> Y'all ever want to see first lady fight? <laughs> I mean, she will wake up out of a dead sleep like a kung fu master. Well, I was driving down the road. And all of a sudden while I was driving... The windshield started getting foggy. 
and, and I didn't know what it was, so I turned the windshield wipers on, and it wasn't doing anything. And, and it was getting harder and harder to see. And within just a few moments, it went from clear visibility to zero visibility. It was so cloudy, I couldn't see the front of the hood of my, my car. And I'm doing 70 plus, plus, plus miles an hour on the freeway. And it happened so quick, I didn't know what else to do. So I just slammed my brakes. Ah! And first lady sleeping. And you know how she reacted. What are you doing? Come stop it, you know I... I said, no, honey, I don't know what's going on. I, I can't see. Right in the middle of the highway. And just about that time, as I, as I looked to the right, I saw this little glowing light out the right window. And I heard a sound like this. And then the light started getting brighter and louder. I said, oh, no. What do we do? I can't see to drive. What if I get out of the car and it's aliens coming to abduct us? And the light's getting brighter. And the sound's getting louder. I said, oh, my God. And just when I thought it was going to be too late, the light made a turn and started going this direction and started getting quieter and quieter and quieter. Then I jumped out the car. What? What you want? Roll up on me. And as I, I peered through the fog, you want to know what it was? It was a combine, a big old combine tractor in the middle of the field at two o'clock in the morning, making so much dust that you couldn't even see across the road. I had to wait for all the dust to clear. We got to our spot. We got our hotel room. And the next morning we went to breakfast. We walked into this little breakfast spot and I saw a bunch of local farmers sitting at the table. I said, I'm about to have a word with these fellas. I said, hey, I got a question for you guys. I got a question. What in the world are you guys doing at 2 o'clock in the morning in a combine tractor shining your lights and creating a mess for people to, to try to do? What are you doing? God chuckled and said, you ain't from Kansas, are you, fella? I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> Son, it's harvest time. And when it's harvest time, we work around the clock to make sure we get the harvest out of the field. He said, you don't understand 
when one man gets out of the tractor, somebody else jumps in the tractor because we have a small window of time to get the harvest out of the field before we lose it. Can I preach to the rock church? We ain't got time to get tired. We ain't got time to take a break from revival. We ain't got time to rest from the work of revival. Why? The clock is ticking. We've got a work to do. There's a harvest that God has called us to. And we've got to look at the field. He said we work. Somebody shout work. He said we work around the clock. When one man sleeps, another man's working. And when he gets up, he's back on it. And we'll work like this for weeks until we get every bit of the harvest out of the field before it gets spoiled. Can I just preach to us, Rock Church? There's a reason why God uses agriculture in Scripture to describe and communicate to us what it's like soul winning, what it's like in this world of winning souls. It's like a harvest that God has called us to. And I'll tell you what Jesus told told his disciples uh, he said look at the field uh, it's white already to harvest uh, and you want to know what the problem is uh, the problem uh, is not revival uh, revival is here uh, the problem uh, is not a move of God uh, it happens every time my people come together uh, the challenge uh, is none of those things uh, he said I'll tell you uh, what you need to pray uh, pray uh, to the Lord of the harvest uh, that he's sends forth laborers. It's one of the only places in scripture that Jesus tells his disciples to pray a specific prayer. And out of all the things he told them to pray about, he said, you pray that God sends laborers. Help wanted can I preach to you that the greatest need in the apostolic church in 2023 is not better music. We've got it. It's not a bigger building. God's blessed us with one. It's not more buses. We're still trying to fill up the ones that we cannot tell you what the greatest need is in the apostolic church. It's a labor shortage. We need laborers. We need people that'll get to work in the kingdom of God. We need people that'll get out of the unemployment line, that'll get off the couch, that'll get out of their excuses and get to work in the kingdom of God. Oh, I knew I'd get some welfare mentality in the building uh, that would sit on this message. Uh, but I'm coming for you tonight, baby. Uh, God's kingdom uh, is not a welfare program. Uh, God's kingdom is not designed uh, for you to come and sit uh, and just be a recipient uh, of the blessing of God uh, and the favor of God. Uh, God saved you uh, and he filled you with the Holy Ghost uh, so that you can do something uh, for the kingdom of God.
that I be transparent with you tonight. One of the biggest challenges to a man of God is help and labor. In the scriptures, we know King David as a giant killer. He was the first one, stepped out on a battlefield, swung the stone and killed that you can't say his name without saying the name of the giant, David and think of David, he is associated as being a giant killer. And when you study the scripture, there was a special anointing that was on David. And every time his people encountered a giant, you know what they did? <whistles> David! King! We need you over here. A giant just showed up. Okay. David would show up. <whistles> Drop the giant. They keep on battling. Next battle, a giant shows up. You know what they would do? Hey, David! We got another giant! Okay. David would run over there. <whistles> Boom. Drop the giant. Every time they needed to kill a giant, they got King David. Can I preach to you that your man of God is an anointed giant killer? I ain't got no bones about it. I am a certified giant killing professional. Oh, I came to preach to somebody in the building. I am a giant killing professional. But there was one day, David got in a fight with a giant. And the Bible said that all of a sudden his men looked over. And for the first time ever, the giant was getting the best of David. And they looked over and they said, oh my God. They didn't even recognize what had happened. And when you read the scripture, the Bible says they thought that David was dead. Oh my God! The giant, he killed our David! What are we gonna do? One young man got so angry that he rose up and he said, I don't know about you, I might die, but I'm gonna die going after that giant! You want to know what the name of the giant was? His name was Ishbibanab. And the name Ishbibanab, your man of God, is equipped to kill every giant except Ishbibanab. You want to know what Ishbibanab's main name means? It means to sit back and do nothing. And if that giant ever gets dominion in a church, it'll come after the man of God. You know how you handle Ishbibanab? Somebody else has to rise up. Somebody else has to get a giant killing anointing. 
that says, my God, if my pastor could do it, then I can get anointed to do it. I refuse to sit back and watch a giant take out my man of God. And that young man ran over to Ispibanava and pulled out his sword and said, I might die trying, but I'll be hanged if I'm going to sit back and watch you take out my man of God. God is anointing some Ispibanab killers in the building. The greatest threat to a man of God is the spirit of Ishbibanab getting loose in a church. And I'm preaching to some of you that have been under Ishbibanab's thumb long enough. Sit back and do nothing. Let somebody else be involved. Let somebody else do it. Let somebody else take care of that. Let somebody else carry the load. Let somebody, I'm just going to show up for church and enjoy the good preaching and the fellowship and the, the devil is a liar. God said, you pray, Brother Leo. Pray for laborers. Pray for workers. I'm amazed at how many people pride themselves on their work ethic and show up to the house spiritually lazy. I'm blown away at how people will take pride. I work 40, 50, 60. I'm a hard worker. I provide. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, you're MIA in the kingdom of God. And you've got every excuse in the book why you can't do it. I'm too tired. I got too much stuff. I can't do this. I can't. Then you start pointing fingers. I would do it, but they won't do this. And I would do it, but they can't do that. And I would. God is tired of your excuses. It's time for you to roll up your sleeves and get to work. God is sending this church. It's happening. Unprecedented harvest and revival. Almost on a daily basis, people being baptized, people being filled with the Holy Ghost. People for years talked about having 100 soul revivals. We have 100 soul revivals every few months around here. God is ready for every person in this building to get off your lazy seat and start working in the kingdom of God. God's tired of the excuses from some of us. He's tired of the excuses. I'm going to tell you what will happen. You keep making excuses, God will get you out of the way. And God will bring somebody else to do what you should have been doing. That's right, he'll hire somebody here. Brother Leal, you run a, a successful business. 
What do you do when an employee comes in and you hire them? And all of a sudden you start asking them to do something. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I got hired to do this. I don't do that. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I hear from some of us sometimes. I ain't got a burden for that. I'll do this, but I ain't going to do that. I'll do it if I can do this. But if I can't do that, then you can count. You know what God said? I'll fire you. I'll put a help wanted sign. I'll pick up a drug addict off the street and rescue him and give him a burden. And I'll anoint him and I'll raise him up to do what you weren't willing to do. Come on, I'm preaching to some of y'all. Don't you be surprised when God raises up Billy off the corner and he blows right by you in the kingdom of God because you wouldn't get with the program and do what God is telling you to do. Here's part of the problem. We want to do what we want to do instead of what he needs us to do. I can't get y'all to shout louder over that point than anything else I've said tonight. I said the problem is we want to do what we want to do instead of what God needs us to do. Did you know that it's possible to work for God without a microphone? Oh, I lost some of my shouters right there. It's possible, Sister Christina, to work for God without standing on the platform? Did y'all know that? Okay, y'all ready? Did you know that it's quite possible to work for God without a position or title? Come on, I lost some shouters. The only way you're going to show up to something is if you're in charge of it. The devil is a liar. You'll never be entrusted with vision until you can be faithful to somebody else's. I don't care how big your dream is, how big your calling is, how big your vision, uh, until you can serve faithfully uh, another person's vision, uh, you're not ready for your own vision. Vision that's not been, that has never served is ambition. The problem is, that we let our carnal self jockey with people about who's going to do what. I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Ghost is sick and tired of that mentality. God 
needs some people that will just show up and show up every time and show up on time and say, God, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll scrub the toilets. I'll take out the trash. I'll paint the walls. I'll pass out flyers. I'll make phone calls. I'll be in the amen corner at a Bible study even when I'm not the teacher. Come on. Some of y'all that are supposed to be such great teachers, when are you going to start being the student first? Come on. When are you going to start showing up supporting somebody else's dream and vision? Faithfully. Without drama. And in case... You get it twisted. Well, I'm just tired of all this at the Rock Church. Baby, you better get in your word. Jesus had to deal with it with his own disciples. It's not a problem with the church. It's not a problem with leaders. It's a heart problem with the people that are showing. Come on. glad you asked put up Matthew chapter 20 verse number 1 for me tonight let me tell you what Jesus said about this he gave a little story when he had to deal with some of this conflict you know what he did he had people that were supposed to be serving in the kingdom of God that were jockeying around well how come they get to do that and I don't get to do this and how come they're getting this and I should be rewarded for what I did and I see them getting recognition and nobody even realized anything I did and here they are come on somebody you know what Jesus said here's what Jesus said he said for the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day. You know what God said? He said, my contract was individual with each person. Will you work for me? Yes. And I'll reward you a penny. Yes. You know, that's how our walk with God is. God doesn't base it off of everybody else. It's you and him. God said, will you work for me? No, I didn't ask you, will you do it if they do it? And what did they? No, will you work for me? Yeah. Next verse. He sent them into his vineyard and he went out about the third hour. And he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. People who weren't being used. And so he said, you know what? I got to get them involved in the vineyard. So he went out to the vineyard and said unto them, go to the vineyard and whatsoever is right, I will give you. He made an agreement with them. One-on-one. I want you to go to the vineyard and I'll take care of you. I'll reward you. Next verse. 
And again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. Every once in a while, uh, he'd get out there and you know what he'd say? Uh, hey, there's some more people who are available to work. Uh, hey, there's some more people that showed up. Uh, hey, you want to do something for the kingdom? Uh, you want to do some? Come on. Uh, here's my agreement with you. Will you do it? Uh, yeah, come on. Uh, and he brings them all uh, into the vineyard uh, to work uh, for him. And about the 11th hour he went out and he found others standing idle and said one to them, why stand ye here all the day idle? He said, why are you standing around doing nothing? They said, because no man hath hired us. I'm preaching help wanted. And he said unto them, go ye into the vineyard also and whatever is right, I'll give it to you. You shall receive it. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call all the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last, the most recent person who started working, all the way to the first person who started. I want you to get the saint of God that's been here the longest. And I want you to get the saint of God who's only been here a few months working. Oh, this is good preaching. And when they came that were hired about the 11th hour, they received every man a penny. Their agreement with God was good. God did exactly what he said he would do. But you want to know what their problem was? They didn't know how to mind their own business with God. And they started worrying about everybody else. And so when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. Them old saints that have been around a long time got upset. How come they got to do it and I never did? How come, they, how come they're getting all this stuff and here I, I've been doing, I've been here a long time. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house. Going around complaining. Complaining, mind you, about people who are just trying to do something for God. Not complaining about somebody that's over here smoking joints in the back. Not complaining because they slapped somebody. I'm complaining because it's unfair that they get to do this kind of work for this reward and I don't get to. They murmured saying, these last have wrought one hour and thou hast made them equal to us. There's the revelation. It's an attitude of superiority and arrogance disguised as humility. Oh, you ain't hiding from anybody. I'm mad because you made them equal to us. 
I should get more. I should get more opportunities. I should get more recognition. I should get more reward. Instead of being grateful to God for the opportunity to serve. You want to know what the problem was? They made it about them instead of about the goodman of the house and his vineyard. Come on, I'm preaching really good right now. Some of us need to be delivered. God, deliver me from what's in it for me. God, deliver me from what's in it for me. And some of us that are trying to make excuses right now for this attitude, if it wasn't the case, then why aren't you at work in the kingdom of God? Bring that scripture back up. Bring it back up. You've made them equal unto us. Listen how they describe themselves. We which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. You know what their perception was? We worked harder than they did. That's what they said. Don't you see? We worked harder and we worked longer than they did. And you're going to make them equal with us? God needs to deliver some of us from that mentality in the kingdom of God. This ain't about the kingdom. You're making this about you and your ego. And you need to get your ego on an altar and say, God, I'm a willing vessel. I'll do whatever you want me to do. God, you set the wage and I'll do the work. Whatever it is, he that is greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. I'm tired of dealing with attitudes in this church. I worked harder than they did. I'm in the book. I worked longer than they did. Therefore, I deserve more than they get. That attitude by itself should be enough testimony as to why God has you where you're at. Come on, I'm not backing down one inch. I'm not, I'm not the candy man tonight. I'm not trying to make you feel good and scratch your ears. God gave you a man of God to preach truth that would deliver you from self-destruction in your life. This ain't about you and all your stuff. This is about the harvest and the kingdom of God. And it's time to roll up your sleeves and get to work and stop complaining about other people in the field and stop complaining about how the goodman of the house uh, didn't do it uh, the way you wanted him to do it. Next verse. Verse 13. But he answered one of them and said, friend, listen, this is Jesus. He said, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Wasn't I good enough to you? Have I not blessed you enough that you would work for me regardless of what I do with anybody? Have I not been good enough to you? 
the goodman of the house said, didn't, I, I thought we had an agreement. Uh, I would deliver you. Uh, I would bless you. Uh, I would give you an opportunity. Uh, and instead of you being grateful, you're worried uh, about being equal uh, with everybody else. Didn't you agree? Next verse. Take that thine is and go thy way. You know what he said? Here's your last paycheck. Go thy way. I will give unto this last even as I gave unto thee. Next verse. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? God said, why are you worried about what I'm doing in everybody else's life? I told you in my word that you are not wise when you compare yourself amongst yourself. God said, help wanted. But some of us are showing up with an agenda. He said, is thine eye evil? Because I'm good. Last verse. So the last shall be first. And the first last. Listen to this. We quote this all the time out of context without understanding. For many be called, but few be chosen. God said, I called every single one of you to the field. But the choosing happens when you choose to make this about you instead of the vineyard and the kingdom of heaven. There's no question that I called you. You see, brother, the, the question is rarely the calling, Brother Collins. I recognize the calling. The question is never the calling. It's the choosing. And the choosing is not God doing the choosing. It's you and the choices you're making that are the choosing. God calls all of us to the field and we have to choose to say, God, I'm just going to answer your call to the field. I don't care about position. I don't care about posture. I don't care what it is. I don't care if I never am in charge of anything. I don't care if I'm the lowest in the... It doesn't matter to me. All that matters is that I am working in the kingdom of God. It's to stand tonight all over this house. 2023... God is walking through the rock church tonight. And he's saying the field is white unto harvest. He said there's an urgency in Fort Myers, in Lee County. There's a great work that needs to be done. And I know it looks like there's a whole bunch of people here. He said, but you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers people who will show up uh, and say God uh, I'll do whatever uh, you want me to do uh, 
God, I don't care what it is. I'm preaching tonight. I'm preaching tonight. God is calling us in this house. God is standing on the threshold of the field tonight. And God is calling and saying, come on. Many are called, but few are chosen. Hands lifted all over this house. I've got more that I could preach, but I feel the Holy Ghost moving tonight. I got more that I could preach, but I feel God dealing with us tonight. Come on. It's time for some of us to get delivered from me. It's time for some of us to get delivered from self-agenda, from arrogance, from pride. Come on. We got to quit saying, just because I've been in the field longer, just because of this, I don't see how I'm equal. Come on. You're equal with everybody at the foot of the cross. Come on. Hands lifted all over this house. Come on, God's calling us to the field, church. Come on. Come on, God's calling us. Somebody needs to make your way to this altar tonight uh, and put self on the altar. Uh, somebody needs to make your way to the altar tonight uh, and put your flesh on the altar. Uh, come on. God, deliver me uh, from what's in it uh, for me. Come on. Come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, lift up your hands. Come on, lift up your hands. Come on. Come on. It's time to get back to the basics. It's time to get back uh, to when God first put his hand on you. It's time to get back uh, to when God first called you. Come on, lift your voice in this place. Come on, lift your voice. Come on. Uh. Lord, I'm available to you. Uh, come on. and talk to him tonight. I am available to you. Come on, lift your voice in this place. Come on, let him talk to you. Lord, I'm available to you. You, my will I give. Come on, all over this house. All over this house. Come on, it's time to work. Come on, it's time to work in the kingdom.
Somebody needs to surrender tonight. Come on. Prayer tonight. 